0: hello greetings thanks for joining us thanks for your interest in spiritual matters thank you for the gift of spending time as we explore what god has made known in jesus that we can more effectively glorify him and grow in relational unity with god and one another my name's ethan and i work with the venice church of christ we're disciples making disciples in los angeles i don't have to tell you that our society is saturated in debt we hear a lot of conversations about the debt uh, we hear about the government and the ever-growing government deficit. Uh, we understand the amount of debt that Americans are in. Um, people who, we, The whole economic system basically collapsed because of the debt Americans were taking on when it came to home mortgages and credit card debt and things of that nature. And to this day, we hear stories of people and the great debt they've accrued in trying to uh, obtain college degrees, and because of health uh, challenges and things of that nature, we hear about uh, companies that are going bankrupt, and uh, we still are dealing with the effects of all the foreclosures and all the great disruptions that took place uh, over now a decade ago, and this still seems to be a problem. Uh, it, you you would think that no one learned their lesson after all of this because we live in a world where uh, people are just expected always to turn to credit and there's constant sales pitches to enjoy now pay later and there are a whole lot more people out there trying to help you get into debt than trying to help you learn how to live effectively according to your means and to allow your money to work for you and of course the government also uh, is promoting spending over saving, and you can see that with where interest rates are at and the fact that there is uh, no money in trying to save money, that if you just try to put money in the bank and leave it there, it's going to lose value. And uh, it's because a lot of people make a lot of money on other people's debts, and there are a lot of people who don't make any money if people are more solvent. Now, we, we need to be very careful about how we have conversations about debt because it becomes very easy to assume people are at a certain level of privilege uh, and to not recognize there are a lot of people who find themselves in, in difficult straits by necessity. And, you know, with we need to be very careful about how we talk about these things that we do not shame them inappropriately. But we also need to realize there are a lot of people who are in difficult straits financially because they follow these societal trends and they've bitten off more than they can chew. And so when we hear about debt, it's good to wonder, okay, what does God have to say about this kind of thing? And uh, what should Christians do when it comes to money and debt? And we get a verse in Romans 13 where Paul tells... Uh, the Christians of Rome, in verse 8, "...to owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law." Now, he says that after having said, "...pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed." And the primary emphasis here is that the thing we're supposed to owe to one another is love. Because love is the fulfillment of the law. And he's going to go on and talk more about this. And we definitely don't want to diminish that. But there's a reason why he puts it the way he does. To owe no one anything except to love each other. The command there is to not owe anything. Um, we need so we, Christians are to have this posture where we're to avoid debt as much as we can. And if we have to go into debt for whatever reason, we are to pay our debts as we've agreed to pay them, and we are to do uh, as we ought to do. This is not a blanket condemnation uh, of debt, as if no one ever is in debt to anyone. We see plenty of situations in Scripture uh, where various people are in debt. Many times it's kind of a parable to explain things. Um, There's a whole long line of issues when it comes to, you know, how debt gets handled. The Proverbs are full of information about debt, about the dangers of going into debt, and how you become enslaved when you are a debtor, Uh, how debts between friends can cause all kinds of challenges and disruption. Uh, All kinds of difficulties come with debt. And so, how is it that we are to owe no one anything except to love one another? How have we gotten to where we are and what's wrong with it? And how can we learn to live as God would have us to live? How have we gotten into this kind of debt? Well, um, in the scriptures, debt is not looked upon kindly generally because of the effects of it. Uh, Debt normally has come about because somebody um, is is in a form of need, and it's all too obvious that that need will not really be ever fully met most of the time. Um, a lot of ancient farmers would go into debt in order to, you know, get the crops in their fields. And when they, if they had a good year, they could maybe pay off that debt. But if they didn't have that good of a year, they would not be able to fully pay that debt off. And therefore, it would start rolling. And so, at the best of times, they could just keep it away. At the worst of times, they were underwater and would lose their property. That is why you have, in the old law, the concept of the Jubilee where the debts are all written off and and the land is restored to the people. Um, And then you see that in Israelite history, they did not observe the uh, Jubilee very much because of the fact that it would cause those who are now benefited by the system to be harmed by it. Um, And there was debt slavery in the olden days, where you would uh, become a slave or one of your children or wife or somebody in your house will become a slave in order to pay off a debt that you had accrued. Uh, So, debt was one of those things that, for the very poor, was just a way of life, not because they wanted it to be that way, but because there was no other way to survive, and that is how a lot of the oppression was accomplished against the poor. Um, We live in a society now where that's absolutely the case as well. There's a lot of predatory uh, lending going on uh, toward the poor, and there's a lot of oppression done to the poor in that way. But all of us have financed a lifestyle from debt. Unless we are extremely wealthy. Uh, and if it hasn't been us, it's been somebody close to us who has. Uh, America, as we know, it would not exist if we had not seen the extension of credit to corporations or individuals. Because you know, there's a lot of major expenses for which we just don't have the money. Um, right now, it is certainly uh, a college education. Um, a, a house. A car. A car. Some of these major things that we need in order to function in modern society, or which make modern society much more easily to function in, uh, requires a kind of amount of money that we do not have. And if that's looking at businesses as well. Uh, you need to have certain things in order to get a business going, and that will require lines of credit. Uh, the challenge with debt is that managing debt well is a skill that's very difficult to manage and it becomes very tempting and easy to live beyond one's means, and therefore to go into a cycle of debt that becomes very difficult to get out of. Uh, We see this with being able to use credit cards. It becomes very easy just to act like credit cards, well, you've got, you know, well, they're giving me money to use. Well, now you've got whatever you're buying and interest rates that can go up to 25, 30%, uh, which just kind of compound and pushes off the problem. Uh, we're not even going to talk about how much money is lost in, in gambling uh, and people taking out loans to go gamble and then, of course, losing all of that and now having to pay back the loan. But there's other forms of speculation as well with uh, business ventures uh, in in stock bar- market. Uh, the whole collapse of the stock market in the 1920s was partially because uh a lot of people were buying stock on credit and if the stock's value went up then you know they could you know more easily pay off the credit with which they'd used to buy it but when it all crashed uh people were completely wiped out we live now in an age where student loan debt unless you are incredibly lucky uh or incredibly wealthy uh is difficult to manage and sustain and it's not just a well they should work harder type thing it's that the costs have gone up exponentially uh, but the, um, the forms of funding have not, and therefore it's being managed by taking on uh, the kind of student loan debt where somebody, a few gen- a generation ago, might have had that much debt to get a bachelor's, master's, and doctorate. Now that's the kind of uh, debt that you have just for bachelor's or bachelor's and a master's. It's, it's unbelievable how much debt uh, is expected for a family to take on in order to send somebody to college. And even though we've seen some changes in our healthcare system, woe to you if you end up in the hospital with a health difficulty. Uh, very easy to wrap up, rack up tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in bills. And even if you have an 80-20 or ninety ten uh, insurance policy where you're paying 10-20%, 10 or 20% of hundreds of thousands of dollars is still a lot of money uh, and beyond the range of most uh, American households. And when you start accumulating debt, uh, it's very easy to okay try to leverage and manage that debt by taking out different kinds of loans to pay off other kinds of credit. Uh, you're not getting ahead. You're doing what's called robbing Peter to pay Paul, where you still are in debt. You're not real. You're just moving things around. You're not able to get beyond the debt that you're in. Um, you might be able to help cut down interest rates, but you still have the greater risk. And we saw what happened with the uh, economic crisis where a lot of homeowners lost their homes because they refinanced a stable mortgage for a much more unstable one to pay off their debt. And then you know, the rates went up and then they couldn't maintain it and they've now lost everything. And a lot of debt is really coming out of short-term thinking. Uh, because you know, with debt, it's, you're looking at the crisis in front of you now. And you need to get through the crisis in front of you now. And if there's a one-time crisis and then you're able to manage it in the future, you can, can survive that. But generally, that's not the way life works. You have one crisis, you get past it, then another crisis comes, and another crisis comes, and another crisis comes. And this is how you find yourself digging a more and more and more hole of a hole for yourself. But even though it's not crisis-based thinking, it's very easy to get attempted and lured. Ooh, I want this thing now. I want the benefit now. I want to enjoy this now. I'll make dealing with paying with it a problem for a later day. And we're just never ready for that later day to come. And a lot of times we operate under the assumption our paycheck's going to be consistent or we're going to go up in in how much money we're going to make. And what happens if there's an emergency or you lose a job or there's some other financial burden that you accrue? Uh, If there's no preparation, you're descending into debt. And especially if you're not able to make what you need to live by your means, it's just going to cause more and more difficulty. You're never going to get ahead. Again, we want to be very careful about these things because it's very easy to shame certain types of people about debt. Well, you just need to be more responsible with your money. Well, when you don't have much money living in this very difficult society, a lot of people who are in poverty are masters of how they leverage resources and use money. Uh, They're much more skillful at it than a lot of others who have the cushion to be able to absorb some financial mistakes. When you're living at the edge, any financial mistake is disastrous and could lead you into a very bad place. Uh, we have to realize that uh, shelter, especially, uh, has become extremely expensive. Food uh, costs have gone down overall over the past few generations, but it's because the quality of food that you get isn't that great, and you're going to pay a price for it health-wise down the line. If you're going to eat well in order to maintain your body, it's going to cost more. Uh, So there's a lot of expenditures out there that are there because of the situation that we live in in our society. And we need to be sensitive to that. But we do have to realize that a lot of our spending can come from a lack of self-control and sober-mindedness. In 1 Peter 4 and verse 7, um, Galatians 5, 21, self-control and sober-mindedness. Not being intoxicated by the things that you see. Having the discipline to tell yourself no or to say maybe later. Um, And so we have to ask, do we really need everything that we purchase? Uh, And how much of what we spend and how much of what we have is based upon this idea of entitlement. Well, as Americans, we should have certain things, right? Uh, And we just should, this is our, almost our birthright as Americans, uh, even if our income can't really support that. And again, we look at scripture, look at life, where is that promised? You know, um, as Christians, we are to trust in God and his, his righteousness in Matthew 6 and Luke 12, and that... We are not to uh, put our trust in in resources uh, because they will fail or because they can't deliver on the promises. Uh, If we have food and drink and shelter, we should be content with that. And we have to be honest, a lot of our expenditures go beyond uh, those things. Uh, We can see, therefore, how people can easily get into debt. And I think we can see what the problem is with debt. Now, debt doesn't have to be a problem. If you uh, have a plan, if you're able to live according to the plan, you can manage debt. Uh, Most of us are going to have to have a mortgage or a car payment and student loans, things like that. Um, If our finances are properly managed, we can maintain debt as a small percentage of our income. We can pay those debts and we can still also accomplish all that God wants us to do in Christ with the resources he's given us. Uh, the challenge is, of course, when the debt is a much higher percentage of our po- of our, of our um, income and really makes it difficult to manage. Um, it's a lot easier in life to pay for your present than to pay for your present and the past. Uh, debt could really compromise the family. Uh, we see a lot of passages in Titus 2, Ephesians 6, uh, and other things about the importance of raising our children and the discipline admonition of the Lord to love and dedicate time to family. But you can only love and dedicate time to family when you've got that time to dedicate. And again, we don't want to be shaming those who, because of their circumstances, have to work two or three jobs in order to keep food on the table and to keep their children in what we would consider at least the basic levels of necessity. At that point, it is an indictment of our system and our society and in those kind of jobs and what we can do for people in those situations that that's what they have to do in order to survive. Uh, But how many take on additional work or additional jobs, not because they actually have to 100%, but because they have some debt to pay off or because they want to live a certain lifestyle? And that becomes the question that we need to grapple with is, uh, are we trying to afford a certain kind of lifestyle we really don't need at the expense of time spent with our spouses, our children, our parents, our friends, and others? Are we able to really focus on the relationships we're supposed to focus on, or are we so tied up in our jobs because of, of the lifestyle we're living or the debt we're financing? Uh, and that's where debt can really can hurt us, and our expectations of a certain lifestyle can really hurt us because we end up prioritizing what we shouldn't be prioritizing over what we should be prioritizing. Uh, we have to realize that debt is a l- loser for the debtor. Um, the, the whole point of the way debt is structured is to work for the advantage of the lender. Uh, they're designed for them to make money, not for you to survive. Uh, that's why credit card interest is at 22% or greater. That's why those really fast loans, those title loans and things, are even higher levels, hundreds of percent sometimes of, of, of interest. Even at-home mortgages uh, at many rates mean that you'll pay half or double more for the house than it's worth over a 30-year period. That whenever you have something financed by debt, you're paying more for it than what it's worth. And that's what you always need to remember the calculation about uh, going into debt, is that you're going to be paying more for it than you originally started. That there is a major privilege in, in uh, getting the money early that if you could just save up money for an expenditure, you wouldn't have to worry about. Uh, and debt is causes a lot of anxiety and depression. Uh, there have been people who've killed themselves because of the amount of debt that they have accrued. Um, if you talk to a lot of people involved in um, marriage therapy, uh, a lot, one of the, the two biggest stressors in marriage are uh, finances and sex. And so finances is up there. So debt and money has led to a ton of divorces as well. Um, in Matthew six twenty five to 34 again, Jesus tells us we shouldn't be anxious. And life has enough anxiety Uh, let alone when you've got debt piled up, right? And so it makes it all the more difficult to maintain that focus when we've got creditors breathing down our neck. And it's one of those things, if we can avoid it, we're just always better off. But a big one that often gets neglected is that when we are in debt, it compromises our ability to do what is good. And we go to Galatians 6 and verse 10, that we are to, as we have opportunity, do good for all people, especially those of the household of faith. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28, Paul says that the thief should no longer steal, but rather labor doing honest work with his own hands, that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And you you can look at that in a very contextual way and talk about, well, the person who took from others is now kind of paying it forward by giving back to others. But I think that, in general, you can look at all that God gives us in terms of material resources are blessings. And the goal of those blessings is that we have blessings for ourselves to use for ourselves, but also to bless others. And if we have to use the resources God has given us to pay off debt, that's all the resources we can't go to give to others. Because we're giving it to those who, that we're paying off our past as well as our present. Um, we're not able to really give as we've prospered, as we can see in the examples in 1 Corinthians 16 and 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, when we have to give according to what we've prospered to pay off what we have already uh, committed ourselves to uh, from past life stuff. Uh, and so we need to realize that if we know that the good to do, which is to go and help those in need, if we're not able to do it because of the decisions we've made, it's kind of sinful for us. It's, it's, it's hindering us from doing the work God has established for us in Christ. And so that's why debt is a major source of trouble. Uh, and so if we have debt, what do we do about it? Well, we should just not get into debt. You know, If we can avoid getting into debt, we should not get into debt. Uh, Romans 13 and verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love one another. Uh, there might be certain situations in which we find ourselves getting into debt, but otherwise, it would be great to get out of it. We need to do better at avoiding uh, debt. We should pay what we owe. Uh, We are to be people of our word. Our yes should be yes and our no should be no. And if we have borrowed money, we should pay it back. Now, there might be times that certain situations where uh, people go into bankruptcy and default. And there are consequences for going into bankruptcy and default that must be borne. But we should do all that we can to avoid that because it is dishonorable for good reasons. And so we should not rush to bankruptcy. We should not default on our our commitments, if at all possible. Um, we should do what we can to honor our commitments. Um, we need to uh, develop self-control and clear thinking. That's self-control and sobriety from First Peter 4, 7 Galatians five twenty one. when it comes to our thinking. If we can't afford something, we shouldn't buy it. If we don't really need it, we should turn away from it. If the only way to obtain it is to pay far more than it's worth an interest, should we really get into it? We need to learn to say no, to think clearly about it. We need to be prepared. Um, and this is one of those things when it comes to having a life balance. We've talked about the need of taking the resources we've given and to give them to others. In Luke twelve, there's the d- warning about you know the guy who you know had a lot, so he was going to tear down his barns and big bill- or bigger barns, and his soul was going to be required of him that night, and what would happen to him then. And so we are not to put our trust in possessions. We should be leery of hoarding our possessions, but we're supposed to be prepared in life. And so preparation means that we have saved up something for the rainy day, that we have an emergency fund so that we don't have to go into debt if we are finding ourselves in a difficult position. Um, most American households would not have $400 for an emergency expense. That is a very distressing situation because there are lots of situations you can imagine where there will be an emergency expense of $400 or more, dollars, and it shows you how people are living you know, paycheck to paycheck. And you could point fingers, but a lot of it has to do with a lot of the current trends that we have in society. And so if we can learn how to save a little bit, and as we save and make a habit of saving a little bit, we will have something that we will be able to rely upon in a moment of trouble so that we don't have to go into debt in order to manage the situation in front of us. We can also make sure that part of what we're getting, we've already dedicated to giving. If we've already set it aside and we're prepared to give, we are able to then give all the more effectively. This is where it's important for us to realize that budgets are moral documents. And we talk about budgets, a household budget, where we say, this is how much income is coming in, these are the necessary expenses, that one of the line items needs to be benevolence to the giving, to the church and to those who are in need. Because if we're not planning to give, we will always find reasons to spend and to not be able to give. Uh, if you've noticed about money, no matter where you're at on the financial scale, there's always the reason for expenditures to meet income, and that's why you, you, there's got to be a commitment to giving so that it happens. The big thing about our money, it's not just about our money, it's about our lives in general, uh, is that the spirit that Paul has in Philippians 4, 11 through 13 to learn how to be content in whatever circumstance in which you find yourself, to be content in, in when you are brought low, to be content when you are exalted, uh, in every circumstance, uh, to to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, then First Timothy six three through ten, the whole danger of the false teachers. They believe godliness is a means of gain, and godliness, he says, is a means of great gain if it's with contentment. That we have brought nothing into this world, we'll take nothing out of it. Um, we need to have that contentment. We need to be able to say, I am enough, I have enough. We live in a society that constantly tells us that you are in need, that you have a lack, that always wants you to look at things in terms of what you don't have or what you could be, because that way it's much more easy to get you to buy stuff, to think, I will now be satisfied because I have this product or I am using this service. Uh, When instead, we need to learn, I abound already. I am enough for God. I have been given enough I am enough. And that change in mindset can transform everything and also transforms our relationship with money. And again, we, we go we keep going back to Matthew 6 for good reason because Jesus tells us that we need to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added to us that we shouldn't be anxious about what we're going about the necessities of life or really about the things of life if we really trust that God's going to give them to us. Uh, will we, do we trust God's going to really provide for our basic necessities? Do we really believe we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Or do we still have this American dream where we think we need to have certain kinds of things to maintain a certain status and to project a certain kind of lifestyle, uh, even if it's tearing us apart, even if it's eating us alive with debt or with overworking or with all kinds of other situations? And all of these things require practical plans. To get rid of credit cards, if you can, to have the budget stick to it, to track debt, to have a debt reduction plan, or removal plan, uh, monitor credit report, uh, and make sure everything's going on there well. Freeze that thing when you not, you know, and so that you unlock it only when you need to use it. Uh, so much, de- so much identity theft going on anymore. Uh, if you freeze that credit report, it's gonna be a lot harder for people to uh, take advantage of you that way. Um, we should learn, we should become very uncomfortable with our debt. That's really what we should be taking away from. Oh, nothing, one other. We should not be happy when we are in debt. We need to be doing something to try to get out of that situation that we can do what we can to glorify God and have things to help people in need. Our society might be a debt society, but we are called to a higher purpose in Christ. And we need to realize that debt has a lot of causes, and for a lot of people, they don't really have the choice. We, we act like it's all a choice, but for a lot of people, if they're going to survive, they're going to be in debt. Uh, but a lot of times, the debt that is taken on goes beyond the necessities, and it hinders us from being the servants of God that we ought to be. And thus, let us all strive to owe no one anything, but to love whenever possible, to have something to help those in need and that we're not hindered from putting God's kingdom first in our lives. Uh, let us pray. Father... Hallowed be your name. We're so thankful for all the blessings you've given us in life. We're thankful for you and your love and care and provision for us, your loyalty toward us, uh, for the love you've shared with us in Jesus, his sacrifice, uh, the way forward in him, his kingdom, and, and to be able to seek his purposes, the, the spirit through which you strengthened us, uh, for uh, the word by which we come to know you, uh, by one another, and uh, all the material blessings you've given us, Father. We realize everything that we have is a blessing from you. And we pray, Father that we would be able to take the things that you've given us and to be able to use them to bless our others and to be in a position to bless others. And We pray, Father, for the opportunity to avoid debt, uh, that we can um, get out of any debt that we find ourselves in if we can, uh, that we are able to prioritize you and your purposes, that we continue to give and to uh, be a blessing to other people and that we are not so uh, caught up in in our debt and our challenges that we do not have that ability. We pray that we would maintain self-control and that you would strengthen and sustain us to to ask ourselves, do we really need this thing? And to be very concerned about uh, how we're spending our money and whether how we spend our money is really reflecting who we are as your children. And to give us the wisdom and insight to uh, spend our money and redirect our resources in ways that glorify you and accomplish your purposes we're mindful of all those who are in uh, difficulty because of health issues and we pray that you would heal them we pray for all those in distress because of a lack of resource we pray that you would provide for them we pray for those in grief and distress that you would comfort them and we pray that your justice and righteousness will be accomplished in our land and that all may come to a knowledge of you and be saved uh, we look forward to the return of your son and that we can share in the resurrection in which we will never have need again and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. So thankful that you've joined us. We are so glad that you've uh, uh, spent time with us. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about issues with debt, maybe your own struggles with debt or how you've been able to overcome. Uh, love to hear uh, how you can be a blessing to others. Um, if you've got questions or challenges about things about these issues, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please reach out to us uh, where you found us and comment, subscribe. Uh, you can find us at We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on social media. And if there's any way we can be of service, please let us know. And may the Lord bless and keep you until we're able to meet again.